0: Hello, my name is Scott Bradley and this is Scott's Scott Podcast. And today I'm joined by Chris Toner. Chris, how are we? Yeah, not bad. How are you good? I'm not too bad, mate. Um, we're just going to dive right into it. A big one for Celtic during the week. Celtic are out of the Champions League after getting beat 2-1 off Ferran Vanos. What was your thoughts, Chris? A shocking result for Celtic. Yeah, well, I didn't know much about the opposition before the game, but I
1: knew... Just, just judging by them being the Hungarian champions, that they were going to be a serious banana skin opponent. Um, the team line-up for Celtic, seen that before the game beforehand, and that only added to my fears. No Edward at the last minute, thigh strain, um, Ryan Christie leading the line up front, um, Champlain behind them. So it all just, just had a bad feeling
0: about it before kick-off, to be honest, just looking at that team. And see, I'm not going to lie, right? See, when I seen Ryan Christie was starting up top, I was like, right, that's a weird one, right? Because Celtic have two strikers on the bench. That was a bizarre one. Like, see, when you've seen that, were you like, right, that doesn't make sense?
1: Yeah, took me back to when Cal McGregor played left back against Rangers and
0: then the following summer in the Champions League against um, Cluj. So let's talk about the first half, Chris. What was your opinion on that? Uh, Well, after
1: the early chances from Forrest and El Unisey, Vardos went on the break. Um, Brown was back to defend it. Uh, um, corner, from the resulting cor- corner, Vardos got a goal. It was a wonder strike, I must say. There was nothing Barkas could do about it, but some suspect defending. I think that Greg Taylor should have been able to close that down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and
0: then...
1: They would go on the break again. Um, I was really impressed with the case of their attackers, a few Brazilians in the line-up. Um, Somalia, I think, one of their names was. Uh, so that had me worried. Um, Barkas, later on, was pressed after a Julen back pass. He was forced to clear it. And then they also had to be stopped on the break by Brown on the stroke at half-time. But Celtic did have their chances. Um Christy had a shot deflected wide. Sham hit the side net, and, um El say he had the ball played to him by James Forrest. That had a brilliant first touch on it, as El does, but the shot was deflected. Um, Christy then had the ball fed through from from Taylor. It just went under his foot. He couldn't get a decent touch to the ball. I felt that was a period of pressure that Celtic kept up that was wasted, unfortunately. Uh, we did pick the pressure up in the last five minutes or so. Elion you know said a promising run that he hit wide after the flexion. And then we another brilliant chance after a brilliant series from Boris Chan-McGregor. But it
0: was just straight to the keeper and that was our best last chance of the half. So uh, going into the second half, right? Um, obviously Celtic throughout the whole game were very dominant, right? And then see when the second half and Ryan Christie got that equaliser, were you thinking, right, Celtic are going to push on now and get this victory and go on to the next round?
1: Yeah, I was hopeful because in the opening few minutes, it was kind of like we started as we meant to go on. We kept the pressure up that we had going at the end of the first half. Um, Taylor won a corner from a deflected cross Um, and then it was five, six minutes later that Chrissy scored from outside the box. Um, It did take a deflection on the way in, but I felt that was a patience rewarded, and I want to give a shout-out to Joe Gallagher, who's not on the pod again, but he did say on the group chat while we were watching the game, this is going to be one of these goal games, even, where Chris says 20 shots out from outside the box and zero get scored. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we could have went in front, Charm hit the bar, um, the keeper would then make a save from stay looking for the far corner. Um, and then, El Yunus, did put the ball in the back of the net, but he was adjudged to be offside. Um, replay suggested they might have looked on, like the centre-back might have been playing him on, but unfortunately, this stage of the qual- qualification campaign, there's no VAR to correct that.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: Therang Varos, it was... On the break again, they scored. Um, they were a clearance and um, it was a long ball. Um,
0: El Hamed made that complete c of it, if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, he made a and, complete disaster of that.
1: He did, did not commit to the challenge when he should have and then it was um, just too late. Uh, otherwise, would they give up a penalty. It would have been a straight red card. Um was a out to Joe when he said that... Um, El the best
0: right back ever in the Scottish League or something. No, like I think that, that was uh, I think that was Tony that said that actually. Um Aye. I don't think uh, Joe is all that deleted <laughs> <laughs> No. Yeah but yeah, um, uh, you keep going Chris? Yeah, not few sure
1: chances. Um what was the best chance we had? Um, right, not doing yeah, cause it, you know.
0: were, yeah, because I remember you, you. At that point, you were just throwing everyone forward, and it was just hitting. You were just hitting the ball, hoping something would come from it, and nothing yeah. happened. And then you obviously a disappointing result for Celtic. Not a good look in Scottish football by any means, but no. this has happened three years in a row, mate. Correct me if I'm wrong. Three years in a row, where Celtic have failed in the Champions League uh, qualification. Um, it's not a good look at all
1: this year that's around earlier than the last
0: couple of years so disappointing to say the least mm-hmm. so let's look at the tactics right even though Celtic dominate the game as we just said like Lennon is not a daft guy He, why did he not bring on a striker like, I think everyone uh, with half a brain uh, was watching that game thinking why is Neil Lennon not brought on a striker he got two strikers on the bench right so why it was baffling, Like, what you, did you have the exact same thought as me?
1: Yeah, and what got me was it took 77 minutes to get a striker on the park, and that was just a move out of pure desperation when we were already losing. I um, came out after the game to say that neither Kamala or Ayet are match fit, but the question I've got to ask is, when are they going to be match fit? They're not going to be match fit when they're sitting on the bench. Um, I get a £5 million signing
0: obviously didn't get much game time at West Ham but yeah yeah, yeah. and like, I see this whole match uh, fit thing I'm, I don't buy it to be honest mate because see Kamala he's been there from the first day of pre-season is that right? Uh,
1: yeah and then obviously he was what signed in January so he's been with the club for seven months and he's not at this chance I feel he's, Lennon's got no faith in Kamala
0: I don't get that at all right because I I just don't buy the argument about the the match fitness thing because Kamala's been there from like day one of pre-season, right? So he's played some bounce games, right? So are you trying to tell me that he's completely unfit and uh, he trained horribly throughout pre-season? And I I don't get that at all. Um, So I think questions need to be asked about what is going on in the training ground. Um, Because, for example, Lee Griffiths turned up completely unfit, right? then he's saying some players are match, like they're not match fit. So, as you say, Chris, when are they going to be match fit? This is serious questions that need to be asked uh, towards Neil Lennon.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I like I've seen it. Clamalla in the pre-season, um, he was friendly against Leon. He was pressing the keeper. There, what you want to see, a striker always committed to the ball, never giving up, and it did lead to a goal. And then, he got a goal when he was subbed on in the
0: opening game against Hamilton, so I think he is a good player, not like a think had of the quality of Edward by any means, but still a boy that can play. Mm-hmm. So, like, the as we just said, like Celtic, it, it wasn't like Celtic played badly, right? Defensively, Celtic, like, as for the, the two goals, we were caught out completely, really... Poor defending there, like, laps of concentration. Final third, Celtic were really disappointing, Chris, and I can imagine the frustration from, like, every Celtic fan, just, like, when, as we are saying, two strikers on the bench, and he didn't bring a jetty on until later on in the game, where it was just, like, he was just throwing everything uh, at the wall and hoping something was going to stick. Um and i I seen a lot of Celtic fans, Chris, were saying that they were disappointed in the, the line-up as well. They want uh, Lennon to go back to the three five two 5 2 system. Uh, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I, I definitely think we need to revert back to that. 3-5-2 worked so well towards the end of last season, so I definitely do want to see us get back to it.
0: Mm-hmm. And James Forrest, Chris, missing again in Europe? Yep. Um, what do you think? Do do you do you think his performance is like decreased since R- Brendan Rodgers has left, or do do you yeah. think have you seen a change in him?
1: Yeah, definitely think he has. Um, obviously, he's got a better on competition um, now. David Turnbull coming in, so I think like him waiting on the bench may come have to step his performances up because he knows someone
0: there's... On the bench there waiting to take his place If he's not up to it mm-hmm. And what was your thoughts in midfield Chris uh, How do you think Scott Brown played um, i seen he was getting a lot of stick on uh, Celtic Twitter Yeah Just like same old James Forrest I think you've mentioned it On here before um, Just like always like Passing to the side or backwards Yeah it's just the same old Same old like he's, I, I think he's bulletproof because Lennon loves him, and he's the captain. And we went over this before in the uh, previous pods. We don't need to go over it again, but it's. I think Lennon needs to finally realize that Brown is not the same player he was years ago. He's he's. I think he's in his last year. His contract is that right? Yeah.
1: Um, I think so. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So he's in his last year. His contract, and it's the midfield is it's just looking a bit yeah, uh, but mundane and obviously Carl McGregor is a really good player but I feel as though that Celtic midfield is needing something to spice it up at like a I don't know a younger player something something, someone who can add a wee bit more energy to the, the midfield and I don't think Brown does that at all No he doesn't at 35 years
1: old you're not going to get that level
0: of production out of 35 year old and uh, Elian I say what was your thoughts on his performance? Elian I say he's Definitely one of the most frustrating
1: players. Um, it, a good first week against Hamilton. Um, then the next couple of league games um, wasn't good in either of those. It was really good against KR. Um, obviously, the first touch chance that wound up deflected. So, it was a wee bit better in this game, but it was still like, bang your head against a brick wall with this guy.
0: Mm-hmm. And in Cham, uh, do you think his head's gone? I know that that term's been thrown about quite a lot in Scottish football. But do you think in Cham's head gone? His uh, his head has gone. He's going to be uh, leaving Celtic quite soon.
1: Yeah, I think it's very possible. And Lennon did come out and criticise without naming them. It doesn't take a genius to work out who he was referring to about players that didn't want to be there. Um, I think it's a fair enough criticism. And if the price is right, then. By all means, they should be sold, but at the same time, as right as Lennon was in calling players out if they don't want to be there, I still think Neil Lennon needs to come out like a man and take a bit of responsibility for getting his team selection because it's team selection wrong and it's not just been this... Well, not necessarily the team selection in every game, but needs to take accountability for this entire season so far because... We've played five competitive games so far this season and we've stank in three of them. Like the Kelly game, that was a lucky free kick We didn't score from open play. That was a mistake by Kelly's keeper on that part. And the Dundee-United game, that was a lucky one as well. We
0: really got a jail free in that one. And now this has happened. Mm-hmm. And not to mention <coughs> what happened with Ball and goalie, And obviously the, the Celtic games were postponed, so... That was that was a big halt in Celtic's momentum. Uh, do you think there's unrest at in the end of Celtic camp right now? Uh
1: yeah, there must be some unrest between everything going on between off the field issues um, and what the results that we're getting on the field. Um, and uh, tomorrow's game, um, the significance of that game can't be understated. Um, Motherwell got me the table. Obviously their confidence will be boosted after beating on 6-1 in the Europa League but they've been very poor domestically so far this season so if we need to shake things up for tomorrow um, and get a result, um, a good result at that, otherwise heads need to roll
0: mm-hmm. And just going back to what Neil Lennon said after the game Chris about saying that he thinks certain players in the dressing room don't want to be there um, obviously you mentioned Incham Do you think there's other players uh, That that he's obviously not mentioned Like publicly But what players do you think Don't want to be at Celtic right now?
1: Um. Well One that Everyone was saying online with After the game was Ayer would have been one of the ones He was referring to I don't know how Ayer managed to get back into that team It was Beaton um, had started at centre-back The last couple of games before that So Obviously,
0: he's managed to work his way back into the team somehow, but that was another selection that got me when he'd been out for a few games. Um, uh, yeah, that's it. I spoke to Joe uh, yesterday, right? And I was asking him, who do you think of the players that uh, Lennon's uh, aiming uh, those comments at? And he said to me, um, Ayer, uh, because every week, it seems like Ayer's getting linked with a club left, right and centre. So his agent's obviously trying to get him a move out of the club. And he said, Ryan Christie... As well, because apparently Ryan Christie's dad uh, said that he's, Ryan Christie's got high ambitions to go down south and play at a higher level, and obviously the one we just touched on in Cham, um, yeah, he's uh, he wants to get out of there. It's obvious. Um, do you feel as though in Cham is a, a wasted talent at Celtic? Yeah, because he's not getting his chance. Um, he normally plays a bit further back in
1: the. Pete Field but um yeah, just the uh, Julie Brown McGregor we've talked about Neil Lennon think obviously Brown's your captain but he's not the player he once was. It's yet yeah, he still seems undroppable to Neil Lennon. when that really shouldn't be the case, but you can still be
0: club captain and not play every single week in, week out. Mhm. And just a perfect example of that, uh, Chris, is Gary Neville at Manchester United. He, like, towards, uh, his, the, towards the end of his career, he didn't play week in, week out. But just having him in the dressing room and playing every so often was a, a big key factor in Man United still going on to have success. So, Brown can easily just do that role. Um, I don't know yeah. how Brown would take to that, though. Um, I think he's a professional and he would accept it reluctantly. But I think that's a role that Brown could easily do. doesn't he play week in, week out. Uh, he could, because he he does have a massive influence at Celtic because he is a leader has to be said and if you see otherwise you're daft um, but him starting week in week out those days are long gone Chris 100% and you, like, and I was going to ask you another question Um, do you know what obviously you know Celtic Twitter right Celtic Twitter and Rangers Twitter after a bad result sometimes they tend to go a bit OTT right but Celtic Twitter were, oh mate, it was, I was looking at some of the tweets, it was, it was a very toxic place, um, so it was, and I've seen a lot of Celtic fans saying they want Neil Lennon to go, <laughs> do you think that's a bit OTT or do you think they have some merit in what they're saying? A bit OTT at the moment, give it to another couple of months down the line and see how the league campaign goes and then
1: if indeed we if we somehow didn't make the Europa League group stages, then might be time
0: to think about it then, if it comes to it. Yeah, because remember when Neil Lennon first got appointed, uh, there was a lot of backlash about it. A lot of Celtic fans were raging. They were like, why we, Why are we going back? We want something new. We, we want something fresh. And Celtic went on to went on and had a really good run. Then rem- remember when news played us at Ibrox, when the league was already won at this point, and we beat his 2-0, and see... After the game, mate, Lennon was getting it stinking. They were saying, nah, there's no chance. We, we don't want Neil Lennon for next season. And like, I've, one thing I've noticed about Celtic fans, see when Celtic get a bad result, especially under Neil Lennon, it's like a switch. is just completely turned on him. But when Brendan Rodgers would get a really bad result at Celtic, he, the the reaction was nothing like this.
1: Yeah, definitely. Know what you mean, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen. Um, but I wanna touch on uh, David Tumble. So that the new the that the news came out about Tumble the day after. So I think Celtic uh, I think Celtic announced it to try and at that moment in time to try and dunno lighten the mood a little bit. Uh, but on a more positive note, uh, from a Celtic point of view, you've got to be happy that signing uh, David Tumble. Yeah, definitely a good move. Um obviously cost is a bit for a Scottish player, three million
1: pounds record
0: for a Marlowe player so but yeah he's definitely a good young talent and should be an asset to have going forward so Chris is there anything else you want to
1: add on Celtic before we move on no I'll get everything off my chest about it
0: that's good mate so yeah I I think you had to get that all out of your system mate (laughs) definitely so we'll move on and we'll talk about Rangers Uh, Rangers beat Hamilton 2-0 today A very good performance. Chris, I was more than happy with it. Very dominant display from Rangers. And right from the get-go, mate, we we, we absolutely battered Hamilton, And I was, as I said, very delighted with it. And Ryan Kent was relentless. He was superb, wasn't he? Yeah, definitely.
1: Um, He's first
0: in what every category at the moment. He is, mate, yeah. He's uh, he's. Dribble passes most uh, players this season so far, and he's had the most shots and targets so far.
1: Yeah, impressive stuff.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I was like, as I said, uh, Rangers were. Rangers played some really, really good stuff. Um, obviously, from the, the the first goal, can't complain. Giannis Hadji getting a wee goal. Um, I think he we spoke about it in the chat Chris. I Think he really needed that. He needed that because he hasn't started the season off all that well. And uh, Just A wee goal like that Can do A player of the world of good And give him that Big confidence boost
1: Yeah definitely Because He was a player That I noticed um, I know you Like singing about him anyway
0: Had yous on fire <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, But yeah um, Didn't have the best Start of the season um, Hadn't had any goals Yet Or anything like that um, Obviously The much maligned Performance against Livingston But Definitely feel now with um, getting that goal. It's a monkey off his back, and it's only going to make him play better. He did nearly add a
0: second goal. Um, Ryan Fulton did make a good save from him. Mm-hmm. He did, yeah. And uh, Hamilton first half though they could not like cope with Rangers at all. Um, see down the left hand side, Chris. We were we were ruthless, like Barisic, Ryan Ken, and even. Barker to a certain extent may interchange with Ryan Kent and I'll get onto Barker in a minute um, I will give Barker just the slightest bit of credit but he did work hard today um, but yeah um, Ryan, uh, Ryan Kent no, this guy is just playing with such confidence and I feel as all right right now mate he's starting to become Rangers main man because our main man Morelos looks like he could be off and obviously we've got uh, a couple of other strikers in there like uh, Etienne and uh, Roof and I thought Roof Done well today His movement was really good um, He was just unlucky uh, Not not being able to get a goal He should have He had a couple of chances That he should have buried From a player of his uh, calibre But He's I, I think he's just Getting settled in And the goals will come And I think he'll be up there At the, the top end of the season Um. But we, but See uh, Ryan Kent No uh, Just going back to my main point He really has started To become Rangers main man
1: Yeah um, Obviously it was a second goal um, his shot led to the
0: second goal forced a good save out of Fulton into the path of Tavernier who was like more in a striker's role at that point and you looked at his average position on the park um, he was very forward very attacking I was, mate, like, he was mate like he was almost like he was uh, playing, like, playing like a striker he was always in the final third and yes I had, I have criticised Tavernier in the past and it, it, it has been justified um, but nobody can deny going forward uh, as a fullback in this country I don't think there's anyone better than Are going forward in this country as a fullback no, not no, definitely not at the moment mm-hmm. and uh, yes defensively he can be very questionable and it is, sometimes it can be very frustrating but he has started the season off well and he was in the right place right time and yeah like there was not real there's no real complaints from me today um, on the performance, second half I thought oh, this is what this is what always happens with us, it's a wee bit annoying, um, I'm just nitpicking here because there was nothing really to complain about but it has to be said, it was just second half and um, we did dominate the game, we dominated, dominated the game throughout the whole 90 minutes but it was just second half, we didn't really kill off the game uh, even though we won comfortably 2-0 but we didn't get that one or two more goals Just to finish him off And And in the final third though It was like The, the decision making Could have been better Because um, that game Should have been At least 4 or 5 nil.
1: Yeah you just Look at the stats You said 25 attempts And um, Only Six of them Were on target So that just That stat alone Shows your know, Rangers dominance In the game um, And how much more of A one-sided scoreline It should have been mm-hmm. Um, Hamilton did have that Spell where I think they got four corners in quite quick succession. Um, It was a brilliant save, forced out of John McLaughlin.
0: Yeah, it was a tremendous save, mate. And do uh, you know what every game John McLaughlin's played, we've kept a clean sheet?
1: Yeah, that's now a 114 year record broken to start the season, six games consecutively.
0: Yeah, mate, it's, yeah, you cannot complain with that. I'm just absolutely delighted with it.
1: Ten um, hours since the last league goal Rangers conceded that was against Hamilton ironically enough oh really was it yeah Yeah, they said that on the coverage um, Rangers have gone 10 hours without conceding a goal and I think it was when Hamilton won at Ibrox a few weeks before lockdown Mm
0: -hmm. and uh, you know we've only conceded one goal this season and even including uh, including pre-season and this season right Uh, can you really count the Leverkusen game as this season because it was meant to be played last season if you know what I'm saying yeah exactly Yeah it's a bit confusing But if you're going to count A Leverkusen game As this season That's the only game Where we conceded a goal And it was one And there's no shame In conceding a goal To Barry Leverkusen
1: No not a team of that quality um, Something I was thinking um, Obviously John McLaughlin Made that really good save um, Al McGregor's now Fit again uh, What do you do With that situation Um you happy Keeping John McLaughlin in Or McGregor's
0: usually first choice is he you now lost the number one jersey? Um, well, I've been impressed with McLaughlin so far. He's not had a, a whole lot to do, but when he's been called into action, he's delivered. Like, perfect example in the second half with Hamilton from that corner. It's a tremendous save. Uh, see the way it's going right now, mate? How would keep McLaughlin in goals? He's done nothing wrong to get dropped, you know? And McLaughlin, I think, could be the answer for the next few years or so. Um. And McGregor's only got, I think, this year left. Um, and McGregor, don't get me wrong, he's still a top, top keeper. But for me right now, I would keep John McGoatland in the, the sticks 100%. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think he might even be competing
1: for the Scotland number one jersey at the internationals next week
0: or the week after. Oh yeah, 100%. Um, Because, no, I'm not saying this to be biased, right, but... See, ever since Alan McGregor retired... There was, like, who else are you going to put as Scotland's number one because remember it was McGregor and uh, Craig Gordon that would comp- uh, compete for a number one jersey Like right, Craig uh, Gordon's in the championship now way past his best he was past his best like three years ago uh, McGregor's obviously retired can you think of anyone else that would be good enough to be Scotland's number one uh, keeper other than John McLaughlin uh, not really um, David Marshall I think he was
1: getting a few games at the end of last year at... yeah that's right oh. mate you were meant to sign him as well. Remember that. Yeah, I remember we were to sign him again.
0: Yeah. So yeah, John McLaughlin, uh, I'm very impressed with him. Um, and there's just one thing I want to just touch on here, Brandon Barker. Right. I've yeah, seen going to bring him up next. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed uh, he's getting a wee bit of a a, a following going right now in the uh, Rangers Twitter. I don't know why. Right. Um. See, so when we first signed him, I was like, you know what, this guy could be a solid squad player. He could be decent. Got a bit of pace about him, sold in the ball, and uh, when he has been. He's been first We started off okay. Didn't start off brilliant. Started off fine, and he's uh, got. He's a screamer. I think it was against St. Mirren or St. Johnson. Can't remember. It was either one of the two, and uh, then he just got found out, and he just became awful, right? And I, I like I've I've had I've had a debate with Matt about this right in the chat. I don't, I don't know what it is, right, but he seems to really like Brandon Barker, right, don't know why, it's come out of nowhere, right, um, Matt's that much an age nice guy, he doesn't really like I- criticize a lot of players, right, <laughs> he's going to hate me for saying that, but he keeps saying Brandon Barker, yeah, yeah, he's had a great pre-season, but pre-season means nothing, right, and he's like, he's improved, he's improved, it doesn't matter if Brandon Barker's improved, right, Brandon Barker is not good enough to play for Rangers Football Club, and I don't want to be negative, but he's no good enough. As simple as like even into the against Hamilton right, you remember when Ryan Kent had the ball down the left hand side right, all yeah. he had to do was bust a gut and then Ryan Kent could have could have got that ball into the box room and uh Barker could have potentially got a goal. That's all I had to do. Barker was like he didn't put enough, enough enough like work effort into it. He didn't put enough effort into it which I know, even though I did price his work ethic earlier on, did run about for a bit, but at that point, I thought he just kind of like, oh, give up now. But I'm not, that's not the sole reason why I'm going to town on him, not at all, but I'm just saying, I don't think he is good enough for Rangers at all. I don't think he's got the mentality to play for a club of this stature uh, at all, and I don't think he can handle criticism well. And obviously, Gerard's seen something that I don't see, I, like, because he sees him every day, but I just find it baffling how, He's get he's letting players like Jamie Murphy go, and like Greg Doherty go for example. I know Greg Dockett's Greg Dorquette's a midfielder, but still like Jamie like you letting players like Jamie Murphy go and keeping Brandon Barker. I don't get that. I really don't. Yeah, I
1: just saw so that a few moments today. Um, they, that first touch it wasn't a good first touch. And it took him away from her, otherwise he could have had quite a good chance.
0: Yeah, and he, remember he had that shot outside the box in the first half and it just went yeah, that, right down the corner flag.
1: Yeah, it was a, that was a terrible hit.
0: Oh I know, it's just see when I see that I'm like Barker oh, man Yeah, but it's it's a weird one from Gerard. Um I don't get it at all, but um I'm just wanna give a wee shout out to my boy Ryan Jack. I thought he looked really good today, as he always does. Um and it, we, I don't think we've had a chance to speak about this. Uh, no, we did actually. Um No, i tell you, I we actually haven't. Um Cause obviously we didn't do a pod uh, after the the Levy result, um, and remember like, remember we'll no. touch on that briefly. Um, how Ryan Jack was getting a lot of criticism uh, after that game, and the people were saying that he doesn't look like the same player as he once did. Like uh, and from last season, I'm like, oh, that's utter nonsense, right? Levy, it was a disappointing result, right? And I thought Gerard should like shouldn't have played. Kamara and Jack together. I think he should have maybe had Aribo or Arf- or Arfield in there. Maybe Arfield. Yeah. Um, because, because I I just couldn't understand why he made that call. Just having two defensive mids in the central midfield are playing against a team who. Are, have set up with ten men behind the ball, and the the lovely result was annoying because the build up play and everything was fine. Uh, our tempo was a bit slow in the midfield, which which was a bit uh, frustrating, Kamara was doing a Scott Brown, the passes weren't going into productive areas, they were going sideways backwards, sideways backwards, there wasn't a lot of forward-thinking passing going on there, which was, as I, as I said, frustrating, um, the, Jack was, he, he, didn't have, he wasn't like he had a bad game, he didn't have a great game, um, but it, it's, <laughs> It's like see when you're playing against a team like Livy who are so well organised and hard to break down. It's yeah. you need to come up with a new method. Yeah. And like the control possession at times against teams like Livy can be a bit difficult. I think we just need needed a a bit more creativity in the midfield, and we should have been a bit more productive in the final third. Yeah. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah, and. Uh, just, uh, is there anything else you want to touch on about uh, the Aki's game uh, Chris
1: um obviously it was um through injury um didn't he didn't play eating up front he was injured like last week up with us so it changed to almost like a four three one how did you like that formation
0: um i' even a first seen it mate when i first seen it I was like oh, all right. we're, change, we're changing it up a bit, we're going back to, well, no, I'm saying change it up, like, because we played 4-4-2 last week, right, but when I seen that, I was like, oh, we've changed it up from last week, uh, I was thinking, so was that just an experiment last week, the 4-4-2 against Decker because it really did work when we played that system, and, uh, yeah, like, I wasn't complaining too much, but Rangers Twitter, as per usual, was, pff, not happy with it whatsoever.
1: Yeah, well, it's a formation, it doesn't work for us, so, did
0: work for you today. I was just interested your take on it. Yeah, what it, it did work, and uh, like I can't complain. at all, me I really can't because see when we play the the four two three one and we do we play it with a high tempo style, and we like we like play it down the left hand side, which is in my opinion uh, our strongest asset. Down have been when isn't playing down the left hand side. That's been we're so creative, and when you've got Barisic playing there and you've got uh, Ryan Kent there, all you need to do is provide to them and give them the service and they will give the strikers the service and they will create goals. So, yeah, I was I was totally fine with it. I was happy when I seen the four two three one. but the, the Rangers Twitter were like, no, no, why are we going back to the 4 2 four two three one? one But when you think about it as well, mate, right, as you said, Etienne was uh, injured. No, sorry, uh, yeah, Etienne was injured. Morelos can't play. Uh, up top anybody it's a fact he, he just can't in my opinion he, Morelos needs to be the focal point he can only play yep. up top on his own so yeah like I I can understood, uh, understood why Gerrard uh, changed changed it back to the 4 2 one and he had uh, Roof playing up top himself and as we said earlier on I thought Roof had, had himself uh, tremendously well up top and he only grow into Scottish football and into the Rangers team as uh, the weeks go on Yeah but I was Yeah I was totally fine mate yeah, um, Speaking of Morelos The camera did show him at one point Towards the end of the game He was kind of sitting Looking a bit annoyed
1: That he wasn't going to see the
0: See the pitch Yeah Because um, at half time He was uh, obviously very happy I think he was expecting Expecting to get uh, uh, Like a A run out And obviously yeah. that never transpired um, Yeah you but- right, on you go I was just going I say, I think Gerard
1: handled whatever the situation was pretty well in that. Um obviously it's accepted that he's back in the team now, so that's kinda of know
0: place.
1: hmm Yeah, um, because
0: yeah, as you were saying, like I like how Gerard has handled it where he's not he's not taking any nonsense and last week obviously with up. Morelos was left out, because uh, Gerard said he, he didn't train well at all, and that, that's totally understandable, um, he, and Gerard's, he, he as we know, takes no nonsense, and he's like, right, okay, I need to pick the players who have trained well, uh, and I just can't keep going for Morelos, all the time, I just can't continue to pick him week in, week out, um, and he also said that he just, he wasn't his usual self, so it made sense, and uh, Roof, done well last week, got a goal, against Carmourna, and uh, Morelos, uh, obviously as the Hamilton game was going on as you said he did not look happy he wasn't going to get on and it, it was say, we, speak about, we, uh, we speak about him every week and it's always that like a new story comes out I, apparently is trying to force a move that he was saying that he wants Rangers to accept a bid from uh, Leo the, the £18 million bid but Rangers are like no we're not accepting that your valuation is £20 million so yep. Yeah, we're not accepting anything less than that, and that's what I can commend the board on. We're taking no nonsense whatsoever, and we're just, like standing our ground saying, Right, if you want to go anywhere else, we want 20 million for you. So, uh, the way it's going around, mate, I think it's very likely you will be off. Um, yeah. I think it's just only uh, a matter of time. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I've, I always say it all the time, mate, you'll go with my best wishes. And I feel comfortable and confident in the players that Gerard's brought in. And we've got three good strikers. We've got, um, obviously, uh, Kamar Roof. Um, Etienne, from what I've seen, uh, he looks like a player. Uh, Jermaine Defoe as well. We all know how good he can be and how good he is. So I'm totally fine with that. And uh, I just wanted to touch on another thing as well. Uh, Kamar Roof in the second half against Hamilton. Uh, what do you think? Do you think that was a penalty?
1: lit some con- contact um, I don't know if it was like he went out a bit theatrically that um, made the referee swear otherwise and then because he had initial contact with the boy so maybe if it wasn't lit initial contact then he might very well have won it on a different day
0: Possibly um, but from my vantage point I thought you've seen them giving, you've seen them not Um so, it's like, depends on the ref, and Willie Collum, in my, in my opinion, probably yours as well, mate, he's not a good referee, Um. so, yeah, that was a bit, uh, it didn't really matter at that point, but yeah, in my opinion, uh, you, uh, it probably was a penalty, um, just depends on the ref that you get. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, is there anything else, Christy, that you want to touch on? I've been waiting for this, when we didn't get to do the pod the last week, but the, uh... Another plastic pitch. Oh <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, the plastic pitch. Um, obviously, we didn't get a chance to do that last week. Um, but yeah, the the pitch uh, at Levy we say it all the time, right? And I'm not a guy who makes excuses, but Levy's pitch is abysmal, right? It really is, and it just looks horrible to play on. And it, it, yeah, it's just infuriating. It's just embarrassing how it's allowed in the top flight, and I know that every team in the league has to play on them. And I'm not saying that's why we drew the game, but come on, to God, come on, uh, you know what? Come on, fuck man, right? It's it's beyond embarrassing. It's not a good-looking Scottish football. Like when just say like Jamie Carragher and like these top players from down south, right, are turning on Scottish football. They're going to check out the Palace DVG and they're like, oh, Rangers be living. They're seeing this pitch, and they're like, oh, Jesus, oh man, like that's horrendous. And that's why people down south always laugh at our, our game because it's stuff like that. Like, Kilmarnock, Hamilton, Livy, and with their awful, awful pitches. And I don't care about the whole cost-cutting measures. I don't buy that at all. Because you see teams like St Johnston, Motherwell, St Mirren, they don't play in plastic pitches, but Livy, Kilmarnock, Hamilton find a way around it. It's it's pathetic, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely think there should be
1: something. Obviously, there's different circumstances, but... The Taylor report into uh, full-seater stadiums and like, top leagues and that, um, obviously that a different issue, different matter, but there should maybe be something at least that mandates that uh, if you're
0: a t- elite-level club, then your pitch has to be natural grass. I agree, right, that's a good point, because see if you're, don't know, league one, maybe championship, right? And you and you say to the, the like the, the SFA, right? Can we play in the a uh, plastic pitch because financially we can't afford to play in like grass, so that 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 can that can uh, I can accept that right, but as you see see once uh, you become a SPFL club like a Premiership club, you should not be playing a plastic pitch. Simple as because this is meant to be the the SPFL is the top league in scotland right top league in our country you need to be playing on grass there's no excuse for it in my opinion at all Lower level yes you can maybe get away with it uh top level no yeah definitely not yep. so is there anything else uh, chris no i think i covered that
1: um you covered the points you wanted to make
0: uh, Got a few things to ask you about, so yeah, I think I've got it all. That's good, mate. I cause you know what, like obviously I'm the host. I like to get asked the uh, questions, like questions like getting fired back at me. It's more refreshing as well. Um, yeah, Yeah, the, the, and the, oh, there's just a couple things I want to bring up uh, before we head off, um, Edward. Um, I seen Neil Lennon. Uh, I'm reading an article right now. It says this is the the, the headline. It's from uh, the Sun. <laughs> it's a quote from Lennon so it's not BS Um, it says Lenny we don't need to sell Edwards." right here's a question right what if Celtic don't make the Europa League group stage right do you think he could be off possibly at that point yeah yeah but what if he still make it do you think he, he could go just say if a I don't know a £30 million bid came in do you think you could?
1: I Think you could go for that amount? It's kind of money we have to getting into the range of money that we'd have to accept, and it's definitely going to be if he does go. Then it will be a record-breaking transfer fee.
0: So, if he goes, repeat, like, do you think Celtic will go out and try and get another blockbuster, a uh, re- blockbuster uh, replacement, or do you think Lennon will stick with Kamala, Ajete and Griffiths? Well, if he's got no faith in them now, then I think with the money we're going to make from it, we have to go out and make another bumper signing. See, right, here's another question for you, Chris, right? Just say Edward goes, right? Just say, hypothetically speaking, right, deadline day, Edward goes. Celtic fail to bring in a replacement, right? Do you think that could be 10
1: done? Yeah, that would be time to start hitting the panic mode. That I kind of feel that...
0: Edward's almost our uh, like only undroppable player at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, Edward, obviously, no top, top talent, and Him and Morales are really, really top players. And see, once they do leave Scottish football, it, it it will be a shame because this is very cringe for me to say, right? But see, if you had to compare them to. Uh, this is like our equivalent of. I'm not saying the light and far from it, right? But this is Scottish football's equivalent of Messi, and Ronaldo. If you know what I'm saying, yeah. Do you get me? Yeah, because it's like one of those ones where it's like, who's better, Manolis Edward, Manolis Edward? Because remember that was an ongoing debate throughout the whole of last season. Who's better? Who's better? You know. Yeah. The- so yeah, um, like uh, there's going to be a lot that will really transpire before the the window shuts. And when does the window shut, Chris? Um, early like
1: October been extended this year obviously with what's going on.
0: Yeah. And uh ball and Goli, five match ban?
1: Not punished enough.
0: <laughs> I know. Um Aber- the Aberdeen eight, they got banned for three games. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah three games?
1: Yeah they got off a bit later but um I think a bit more example needed to be made.
0: hmm yeah, 100%. And uh, I'm just looking at a quote here from Barry Ferguson, Chris. And uh, he said that he thinks uh Rangers players uh, would be foolish to get drawn into the unhappiness this week at uh, Celtic. And to be fair, I think he's got a point because when we go back to that 2-1 game uh, at Hogmanay, where we beat us 2-1 and then at that point, they're going to lie, I was coming out with the, the patter saying, this is it, we're going to go do 55 And we were getting a bit carried away with ourselves and some of the Rangers players were getting a bit too excited uh, going on Instagram, doing the Ryan Kent celebration. And at that point, we were thinking, right, this is it. Celtic are going to crumble now. So that's the thing we will see when you do think Celtic are down and out. They always seem to come back and they, they come back stronger. So that's something we need to be very wary of. Like We can't focus too much on what's going on in the East End of Glasgow. We need to focus on what's going on Ibrox, what's going on, the Rangers, and keep doing our thing, and uh, like even though what happened with uh, the Bongoli situation where the Celtic games got uh, postponed, etc. I wasn't getting to it. Said to that point, but psychologically, that's obviously it was a big thing in the sense of like, okay, we're going into uh, the international break, top of the league. Yeah, like psychologically, psychologically, that's good. So. Yeah, still a long way to go, mate. And uh, you, you just big. You just got a big game tomorrow. How do you see that one going?
1: Yeah, I'm fe- feeling hopeful for it. That this is like the point of season really begins. I'm hoping for at least we get about a three 0 win at least or something
0: like that. And that would really like get into the international break be a real psychological confidence booster. Yeah, it will be. I'll give my prediction. Um, you got Motherwell, bottom of the league. Um, was not starting the season well but as you said they won their their, uh, Europa League game 6-1 so I'm going to say Celtic will get this one done 2-0 I think 2-0 so aye pleasure as always Chris Uh, International Week next week Um, we might do a pod um, we're not sure but until next time guys take care and we'll see you soon